Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. Today on the show, I have none other than Mr. Ethan Kenny. He's had the cheek to tell me that in 40 minutes, he's got to go and eat some carbs. Yes, Ethan Kenny, everyone. He's a personal trainer and someone who I actually know I've worked with in the city of London in the UK. And he's going to give us his take on all things personal training, life, and everything that's going on right now. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's roll the VT and let's get into some conversation with Mr. Ethan Kenny. Hey. Yes. At last, the legend that is Ethan Kenny has joined us on the show and he's not in the frame. He's gone invisible. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Kenny is the invisible man. Oh, no, there he is. Handsome as hey. ever. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm really good. How are you? Not too bad. Just uh, fresh out of the shower. Oh, I'm glad to know that you had a shower first for our meeting. I didn't, I didn't know what uh, what level of intensity it was going to be at, you know? So. Oh, it's going to be intense, Ethan. This is like the <laughs> hardest workout of your mind ever. Where are you? Are you uh, are you in like your summer house or something? Your outhouse? Yeah, I mean, well, it's more like the shed, really, in the bottom of the garden, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I think we're going to get one of those as well for the gym. One of what? Like a shed, so we can put all this. Because if I t if I turn you around here, this is the gym at the moment. Oh, in your at your home? Yeah, in the living room. Right. Okay. Believe me, it opens up a world of amazing things once you get a shed. When you become that age of a man, that you get a shed and a, a gym outside, it's it's a different level, man. You'll never want to be working out in the gym ever again. <laughs> I'll start doing like the Rocky, uh, what was it, Rocky 3, where he's climbing the mountains. That's it. I mean, honestly, I, I haven't trained in a gym for well over 10 years. Yeah, maybe another... 20 years down the line you'll be like fed up of working in gyms and you'll want to get outside more i probably will <laughs> you will i guarantee it you'll be sick of them because you've got a degree haven't you no no no, no. no I, don't, I don't have the, i don't have any degrees i've got a a a b-tech in art and design b-tech's the best degrees suck yeah i've heard <laughs> they just they I've just heard. yeah they just make 30, 30 grand in debt and get you in the same position as most people. Man, they make you and they make you, they draw out, they draw out their syllabuses so long and they don't cover stuff that you really want to do until like right at the end. And it's like so freaking boring. Like, sorry, degree people, but honestly, you do better with three years hard work. Um, that's not to say that education isn't good, of course. Um, of course it is, but um, yeah, I don't blame you, man. I, I thought I, I thought a couple times about going going back and doing like an open university style thing, you know, while while you can you can work while you get a, a degree or yeah or or whatnot. But to be honest, at the moment, I don't I don't really think that I need to go into like such higher education like that. But like because most of the courses that I've been on, people uh, who come out of uni would end up going on those courses anyway. Quite a lot of the people at seminars and stuff they go to all have like, you know, sports science degrees and things like this. So it's literally whether or not you just want 
the letters or the name. Yeah, it's the, it. it's the piece of paper, isn't it, really? Yeah. When, you, when, you're, when you're at that point, when, when you've kind of established yourself like you and, you know, you've obviously got a, a, a good, strong level of, uh, of knowledge about the subjects, like, you, you're kind of just, you, you're kind of just blowing money at that point. So you get guys that have built up that, like I did, you just built up that level of skill and understanding. You've got a big following and people know who you are. But if people don't know who you are and you're going to stand up perhaps and talk a show and they say and they see so so and so so and so master's degree in strength and conditioning or you know john smith personal trainer i tell you who they're going to take seriously the, per the person with with essentially all the coding next to their name you know say it will say like uh uh, BN1 and, and PN1 and like all, all of these stuff are, you know, PhDs and thing, things like this. It's just basically so you can add it to your title to make you seem, well, seem and maybe be more elite than other people. But Have you worked with any like, you know, masters qualified strength coaches and... Um, the, the place which I worked in, in Highgate, pretty much everyone apart from myself and i think one of a of a guy had had degrees and like kind of like obviously obviously their knowledge of anatomy and and everything is, is awesome just just as any kind of coach should be as well yeah. um it's just like it's just like kind of what the the main differences which i noticed is that because they were they were kind of focused on more of like a rehab uh kind of path because in in highgate you know, no offense to anyone who lives in Highgate, but it's quite like a, quite like an old area. So like the people who would pay for PT there, aren't aren't like you know thirty years old. They're like at least sixty. Um, so like rehab and kind of like trying to fix little niggles and things like that were were definitely higher on the priority list rather than like actual strength coaching or transformations or anything like that like i had we had one guy who uh who was working there before i worked there as well um his name was tony and uh he was he was pretty um pretty big into like his transformations he was like the transformation guy like if you wanted to go there and lose weight or whatever you train with him he was just he was known as being quite hard so like people kind of feared having a session with him because he'd leave you in pieces uh after but the 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 knowledge difference between like when i first went there and when i left it was a gap of about four years, but I felt like I learned quite a lot off of uh, those guys who had degrees and specialised in rehab and all of that. Because sure. the the gym which I worked at before, which was in Muzzle Hill, again the clientele there, like all of the members were sixty plus. So it was kind of like a, yeah, a, a, it's not like this, but it's the best way which I can describe it to you is that it, it was a bit like um, it was a bit like a retirement home kind of style gym if that makes sense do you do you ever wish that you'd done a degree in in sports science or in strength and conditioning or anything do you think i, I have thought about it before but then hmm. like I, like i said like as soon as i go on on courses or, or or anything anything like that i i i look around me and i see that there's people who have who have been on courses who who are, are literally doing exactly the same thing as me so yeah. in in a sense in a sense I, I do because obviously having that social aspect of it as well is always nice it's nice to 
meet other coaches and you know you'd have that social aspect from it as well but yeah yeah in terms of in, in terms of education i think i'd rather save the 35k and put it like in the bank <laughs> man i, <laughs> you know, I especially- have to yeah i have to say that over the years that i've been doing this some of the best trainers and therapists i've ever met are the ones that put themselves through specific kinds of training um so you go and learn about this you go and learn about that and you put it together to make yourself a really rounded integrated therapist rather than just taking what you get from kind of standard education because it opens up the world to you you go to america you can go to eastern europe you go to australia and learn all these different things whereas if you're in kind of one bracket i don't know but a lot of people do they do um they do look for or they will ask you you know you know what do you do or what's your what's your qualification um i think Mm. we do that more in this country maybe than say america and i don't know I do tend to find though that that in the in the fitness industry altogether, mo- most of the time the people that are asking for your qualifications don't really know what they're asking about. Yeah, they 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 basically just want to know if you're being uni or not. And yeah. that, and then, yeah, you know, if you if you say, oh, I've done polyquin biosignature, I've done, I've mm. done this FMS course, I've I've done, you know, X, Y, Z, they're not really going to know the the value behind those courses. Did you do? You know? Did you do Pollockin's biosignature? I did. I did it after he separated from his wife. So <laughs> I got I got the the coaches that were there with him as well. Um, you know, yeah. like Alexandra Bertrand and. Um, yeah uh larry i think his name's larry he was really cool the kind of old white-haired fellow but anyway yeah i did i did that a few years ago in the hilton in in central london just just level one um i actually had to stand up uh in in front of everyone and she took my body fat and wasn't and i wasn't particularly lean at the time so that was a bit nerve-wracking all the biosignature is about hormones isn't it it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's how your nutrition affects your hormonal levels. And if I'm right, I'm not an expert on this, but I have, you know, I haven't studied it, but I've looked at it quite a lot. So isn't it um, that certain points that where they test the body for fat using calipers is a kind of measure of different hormones in the body like cortisol and is that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's what level one teaches, yeah. Yeah. I think it. I think it might have changed slightly because of like new research or whatever that, that that's come out. But I think the general the general point is that. So, for example, what where most people get confused is that they'll see like, for example, for a super iliac 
uh, measurement, so like the muffin top, the kind of bit that hangs over the belt. Over the um, pelvis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, over, over the side. Um, and, and like, so for example, they'll relate that to insulin, but then people might, for example, say, like, like they'll hear a coach say that and be like, oh, okay, so if I can control my insulin, then that site should go down. Whereas that's, what? it's not quite, that's not quite how it works. Like you're not just going to sort out insulin and then your muffin no. top's going to go. I was going to say, know, do, like, do you, do you really think it's, do you think it's something that's actually poignant for the majority of the weight loss people that you see on a daily basis or what do you think what do you actually think does it work i mean it, it works to a point um like the the 12 the 12 sites definitely um i think is obviously going to be more accurate than doing like a six site caliber test um but yeah in terms of the the whole endocrinology side of it and the, the hormonal uh effects it, to, to be honest i think to a degree it, it is true and to a degree it's not um right. for example like i know for a fact that you can't uh site specific reduce like spots um the fat spots um you know like if you it's if you want to lose weight, you're going to lose weight and the fat's going to come off where it chooses to come off rather than what supplements or herbs or whatever you're putting in your body. It like, isn't going to make it direct uh, because the, just, the, the fat loss from your stomach, you know? Yeah, right. Because just t just helping someone lose weight is going to change their hormone profile anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Um, but I there, there are like some fundamentals in the course which... I think are pretty good. Like for example, if someone does have their their food and their training bang on, then yeah. then why why not why not take some high quality supplements? You know what I mean? If you're at the if you're at the top of your game and you're doing everything that you can, why wouldn't you add that add that kind of uh, cherry on top? You know, Ethan Ethan Kenny, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. Um, Ethan, you're a personal trainer and a um, you're a body transformation coach. You work in the heart of London. Um, I've actually worked with Ethan. Uh, he does a really, really great job. He's very motivational, very dedicated to his work. He's had a lot of clients. He's put through the training systems and lost you know, amazing amounts of weight, you know, so they're seeing their abs again. It's just really, really awesome stuff that you guys do. Um, is there any, anything else? Is there anything else I missed out on that? Um, uh, that is... I don't know. You, you could, you could probably say that I, I love to talk about rubbish movies and, uh, oh, good. and superheroes and things like that. Do you like, um, <laughs> a bit, like... a bit, bit of a nerd. Do you like zombie movies? Oh, I fucking love zombie movies. Yeah, I think we spoke about this once before because I have a big thing about like, yeah, post-apocalyptic zombie movies, anything like that. I see, like during lockdown, I seen this stuff coming out of Korea, right? Yeah, Peninsula. No, I ain't seen that. What are you talking about? Train to Busan. Right, Train to Busan. The first one was amazing. Have you seen the second, second one? one? Second one's called Peninsula. Oh, that is Peninsula. I watched a load of rubbish. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. It's basically basically Fast and Furious meets uh, World War Z, doesn't it? It works <laughs> so good. But there's there's a um, there's a Korean film, a Korean series called 
I think it's called Kingdom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On it's Japanese on no on Netflix. No, it's Korean. Is it Korean? Yeah, unless I've got the name wrong. No, no, no. It's called King. It's King Kingdom. It's on Netflix. Then it's called something else. Because um, King Kingdom and they the zombies all all like connect together and they hide underneath rocks and stuff during the day. Yeah, but that is in Korea. It's definitely not in Japan because I know my Jap- Japanese is Korea. Okay, cool. Yeah, I must have got confused then. I f- I thought they no. was uh, no. Uh, you could anyway. You could tell by what they're wearing, like those big hats and stuff like that. It's all that's all the uh, the old Korean stuff. But have you seen it? It's there's two series. I've seen the first series, but I couldn't oh. kind of get back into the second series. But it did look good. Oh, didn't rate it. Okay, right. Well, forget that. I, one. Like, like, like I watched like the first three episodes. I think they 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 realised that the zombies start running during the day or something. Yeah. Well, I really yeah. enjoyed that series. I'm sh- I, I like it was it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But the other one is a one I think it's called Our House. Have you seen that? Is that with the or Our, not, our not... Home? Not, not with the guy who uh, he's he's a he's an immigrant or something, and he's living in a council flat in London. Not that guy. No, no, right, right. Well, what's I'm, that what, called? Hold on, I'm going to tell. I'm going to show you. Hold on, right. What I'm going to do is, hold on, because I've got um, to, I've got to show you this, Ethan. I've got to show you this. Let me just share my screen with you. All right, uh, share screen. Let's go to um, Google Chrome. Right. Right. I think it's called Our House. Now, Our Home. Well, that ain't going to work. Just right. come up with your house. <laughs> yeah. Korean film. Korean, Korean series. I'm always just really surprised about how many people, they, like real people, they get dressed up as zombies for these shots. Man, I tell you what, some of the stuff that's coming out of that. No, that's not it. Oh my god! Um, right, let's look up Korean Korean series Netflix. Right, right. Here we go. There's Kingdom. Can you see that? They made designated survivor in Korean. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's the Kingdom. Right, this one. This is mental. Sweet, Sweet home. home. It's oh, on Netflix. It's on Netflix, right? It's it's not so much. It's kind of zombies, but it's not. It's absolutely crazy. My um, my stepson said some of the uh, graphics ain't that brilliant, but um, I thought it was amazing. Did you watch the the film that came out during lock, the first lockdown where it was a Korean guy gets locked in his flat or something? Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, hello. Oof, what is that, mate? This is a crazy program. Is it apocalyptic style like that? Man, it's the end of the freaking world. Oh my god, what is that? What are those? It's like Korean, uh, Korean like bloody Resident Evil or something. Yeah. Oh, what's that gremlin? That looked like a gremlin. Uh. 
this is looking ridiculous. This is looking ridiculous now. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's... You should watch. You should watch a show called. Uh... Sorry, I just lost you a little bit there. My internet connection gets a little bit unstable. That's all right. So, did you did you watch a show called Black Summer on Netflix? Yeah, that was really good as well. That was so good. How yeah. it showed the same thing from different angles, like really, really clever. Yeah, they only done one series. They haven't. They haven't um, done the second series, have they? No, which is a shame because they absolutely rinsed it on that first one. It was really good. That was another good one. But there's like, watch that one I just showed you. Our house, or whatever it is. Sweet it, home. Yeah, sweet home. Sorry. It's an age thing, Kenny. Honestly, you get so much <laughs> in your brain when you're 50 that everything just melts into one. I'm sure it does. But um, it, look, it is a bit crazy. But if you take it for what it is, and sometimes these zombie films are a little bit, you know, they're not, you're not going to win Oscars for them, put it that way. But they are very, very interesting. Good films. But there's another one. I'll remember it later. What's your favourite zombie film? Uh, it's quite hard, but at the moment, I'd probably say one, one which is probably quite controversial. Go on. World War Z. Well, I like that. But most most people thought that that film was really shit, but Love I actually, it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit disappointed that that it didn't it did it did so bad in the cinema that they're not going to make the sequel. Really. Yeah, apparently the book is way better though. Anyway, I started reading the book but never got through it to be honest. But I'm gonna, I'll, I might put it on audio book. I was gonna say I'm not, I'm not sure I could read a zombie book. I'm, I think that might be a bit much. Man, I um, read another, an, uh, another on, one. I've, I've got to tell you this. I read <laughs> right for anyone who likes zombie genre. I read it's a guy called R R. Shit, I can't remember his name. Anyway. There's a zombie genre books called The Undead. There's at least 20 books now. And I was, and it happens where the end of the world happens in the UK. And it's basically about a guy who was just working in Tesco's or a, sorry, uh, a shop. And he has to get through it all. What happens to him and the people that he meets and how he goes on from that to become like this like super zombie killer guy. I tell you what, it's one of the very few zombie books I've been able to read, and I've gone through all twenty books. It's freaking amazing. They should turn that into a series, then, shouldn't they? But it is an audio book as well. It's called RR. Hold on, I'm not going to share the screen. I'm just going to look it up because uh... here we go. Can you still hear me? Yeah. By R. 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 Haywood. R. R. Haywood, the undead, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. The guy is a zombie genius. So, what 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 Star Wars zombies do you prefer? Because you know, like recently, we've gone away from the ones that kind of dig themselves out of their graves, and yeah, we've gone man. we we've gone into more of like the infectious. Uh, yeah. Infectious kind of like deadly virus or whatever it is. Well, the thing is, like, if you watch like The Walking Dead or something, it's so freaking slow, isn't it? I mean, it's still 
I still like it. I still watch it. I mean, like I've watched, I don't know how many series, 10 series of it now. And I still, because I'm so encapsulated by all the different characters and their journeys, but you can't get away from the sheer terror and panic of something like World War Z, where these people turn in like minutes and then they're after you and there's blood dripping out of them and you are just moving. I think it's uh, 12 seconds or something like that. Is it? Yeah, because there's there's that the the best the best scene is at the beginning of that film when uh, you know when it all kicks off in like Pennsylvania or something and he's in the car. Yeah, yeah, and he's watching that guy. He picks up his kid's toy and it starts counting, and then he's while the while the toy is counting, he's watching this guy absolutely going nuts on the floor, starting to just turn into a, a infected. That was a great scene. Man, I love that film. I really oh, do. One of the the film which I was going to tell you about before though was uh, it's called it's a Spanish film called Rec. I, I so R E C. So it's it's like you know like if you're holding a, a handheld camcorder, it says Rec in the top corner for recording. Oh yeah. Um, and there, there's three of them, and they're they're all they all start straight after the end of the other one. So if you watched all three of them in a row, you'd have about six hours worth of like zombie stuff to watch, and it would seem like one long story. Where did you get? Um, where did you? Where did you um, watch that? Oof. No, is I it I like? That. I think I streamed it online like like ten years ago or something. You can't get it on like um, Netflix or anything then. I doubt it. You could probably find it on Amazon Prime, but you might have to rent it or something. I've got Amazon. I'm not. Prime. I'm not 100 sure. Amazon Prime's got everything, but no. it's just that it's just that not everything is free. No, Amazon Prime is the best for these B-rated zombie films. There's like tons of them on there. <laughs> it's literally yeah, it's, got, it's got loads of those like shit UK gangster movies as well. Well, you've got Cockneys and Zombies. That's a good film. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, that's quite jokes. <laughs> That's, that was laughable. That was laughable, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you got like there's another one. Remember Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Well, in Cuba, they've got Juan of the Dead, <laughs> right? And it's brilliant. It's such a. I mean, it is obviously more of, of like the comedy type, but and half good. Juan of the Dead, like J U A, you know, Juan. But it's it's really funny. But it's really well done. I, I don't there, know where you, yeah. There, there was uh, two other films that were just as bad as that. There was like um, one, one again about ten years ago. It's called Oz Zombie, and it was basically Osama bin Laden comes back as a zombie, oh, and the slogan on the thing was like they buried him at sea, but that wasn't enough or some something like that. And then I saw one last year called uh, Corona Zombies. Corona. Corona zombies, yeah. Oh my so, god! So, so someone's someone's cat tried to capitalize on the pandemic and made a zombie movie about it. Well, I mean, a lot of people say that all the zombie genres, you know, and everything about that post-apocalyptic thing that we've been seeing for the last kind of fifty years is because the people in the know are trying to warn us that it's all coming to a horrible end. In in a sense, it would kind of be easier if it was a zombie apocalypse rather than a like a pandemic kind of like illness thing you'd, you'd be able to be like oh that guy's infected let's not go near that person well, <laughs> rather, been, rather than like everything else you know I've been waiting to use my crossbow for 20 odd years <laughs> I've got a samurai sword as well <laughs> yeah so well I've got five but um... Woo! 
<laughs> I used to do all that, didn't I? I used to do all the samurai sword stuff. Uh, mine's mine's more of like a a souvenir style thing from the I got I got it from the samurai museum in Tokyo. Nice. Yeah, it's like a so there's there was a uh, samurai back in the day called uh, Ryama uh, Sakamoto. Sakamoto. And he, yeah, and he he basically uh, helped helped uh, like train up these like villagers to basically take down the shogun uh, at, at the time. Yep. So he trained all of, all of these like villagers how to use swords and stuff, which was pretty you, cool. You ever done martial arts, Ethan? Uh, I did karate while I was growing up, but I think that was I I got a bit bored of it because it was it was like they teach you a routine and then it's a bit it's a bit like because I did like uh, when I was growing up I went to drama school and stuff so I did like street dance and and like all, all of these other things and I found it the same yeah. I found that karate, karate especially like I was I was always more interested in like things like Muay Thai and, oh, and right, kind of yeah. things that they were a bit more aggressive but the mm-hmm. the karate is like if you learn that sequence of moves. And you mm. do it perfectly, then boom, you've got you've got the belt up. You don't you don't really need, in my opinion, much skill. You just need you just need to be able. Obviously, there's like karate masters out there, right? But yeah, man. Um, but like as a kid, as like a bloody eight year old kid going into a karate lesson, like I just found it a little bit boring. It was like it was like okay, this is the white belt sequence. Cool, did that, got the belt. I actually found the card the other day. I was like three belts away from becoming a black belt. Mm. Which, then, like, even now, it's like, okay, cool. So you're saying it's like, it's, it's a bit robotic. Yeah, when when you're a kid, anyway, I think you probably, if you have a genuine interest in it and you do it as an adult, then then it'll be more interesting. But like, I did a Muay Thai lesson about four years ago, and I really enjoyed that. It's just that I I, I just don't have the time. Well, mm. I, I would have the time now if we were allowed to, but I, mm. you know, you know what hours that I, I used to work. I did a, uh, I did a style of karate back in the day called Kyokushin or Kyokushinkai, and it was um, hard style, full contact, knockdown karate, and um, it's basically what led up to the K1 fighting, and then which led up into. Um, pride pride is it yeah pride fighting and and into ufc and stuff like that that's how it kind of got kicked off and um uh, when we learned katas and stuff that was one side of the karate and yeah you're right it's absolutely it's very regimented but it's good for um kind of discipline getting young people to understand their bodies what they're capable of but man when you when you start moving into the fighting arena that's just it's a different world. It's a completely, completely different world. It's savage. And, and K K one was nuts as well, man. Like they'd have stupid. Uh, who was that Russian guy? Uh, Ilmenenko. Is it uh, Ivan Ilmenenko? So this dude Don't would literally he would he would get dropped on his head about twenty times and basically just wait for his opponent to be tired and then. You, you ever seen that episode of Simpsons where Homer just takes loads of beats and he like flicks the person to knock them out? Oh, right, That's yeah. literally this. This guy's like the human embodiment <laughs> of that. Like he'd literally get thrown around the ring for for the whole match and then just hit the guy like that and he'd fall over. Well, I went I'm talking I went, about like full full like suplex, like absolutely yeah, dropping crazy. this guy on, on his neck and stuff, and he'd just get up straight away. That's right. Do you like the WWE? Uh, the only time when I would watch it is if I went around to my cousin's house because he used to like he had all the toys and games and everything. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I've never like sure I enjoyed watching it when I was there but like when mm. I came home I would never be like yeah let's put that on no no I mean just through the sheer you know kind of admiration of what the guys put there because you, you it, everyone knows that most of it's it's acting it is um it is an act but um you still have to put your kind of life on the line in some instances to be able to perform like that didn't you i mean it's absolutely when when i did aikido we had choreo you were kind of choreographing um sequences of fighting and i tell you when you're choreographing fighting it's it's freaking hard work and you get bloody hurt as well and for yeah, to but... do that for like like the undertaker done it for what's it like 30 years or something like that it's um that's a lot to put your body through isn't it a lot yeah, he's thank that, he's got to be one of the him and Vince McMahon or whatever have got to be the lo the longest standing members Rick, of that, right? Maybe Ric Flair as well. I think he's probably longer. Ric Flair. Oh, that's the uh... woo. <laughs> <laughs> woo. That's like when when you, when you get off a bench press and you then you nearly died on it. You're, woo. <laughs> do you, do you rate the bench press? Well, as a movement, as an exercise, yeah. Uh, yeah, I prefer a dumbbell press, but yeah, bench press has its place, you know. I don't like it. You don't like it Spe specific to you or just in general yeah. for most people? Uh, no, I, I don't like it myself. I think it, I just I find it very, very boring. Um, just laying on my back, pushing weights up and down. That's not to say I ain't a good thing. Um, I try to think of the carryover for it, and I guess the carryover is, um, you pushing someone off of you when you're on your back, I guess. That's the carryover, isn't it, for a bench press? Like the real world, yeah? Yeah, I guess so. But you could you could argue that basically any any like forward pushing movement you could use it for. So even if you were on your front and someone else was on your back, you'd be able to push them off. If you, you know what up. I mean? If you, if you were on your front, basically, basically if you did yeah. a push-up movement, and you had to get something off your back or um you know if you fell over and you were trying to stop smashing your face before you hit the floor like little things like that but i mean <laughs> i don't think that's the reason why people do bench press though <laughs> people do bench press to get big chests right yeah and maybe shoulders as well maybe um, and and probably and probably to say that they can bench press two or three plates or whatever two or three plates yeah it's um that's that's still quite a big thing is it i mean i'm a lot older than you you're you're in your 20s i'm in my 50s is there still a lot of young fellas that just want that big chest and they're always banging on about how much they can bench press or is it i mean i don't i don't, like none of my kind of like closest mates are really into the gym that much so mm, yeah i can't really co comment too much i know i know that like the people that like like i used to hang around with uh like jordan and adam and stuff like that like they they might do bench press they might not like they do probably mm. machines but again mm. you, I mean, you you know with those guys the, the biggest lifts were like on their leg days oh, um yeah. you, you would definitely still get i reckon uh young young people yeah. who would be like egotistical and just do like, like I used to go to the gym with one of my mates when I was uh, like 16 yeah. and he, he he would literally just only ever do bench press and, and bicep curls and like shoulder press and things like that. Really? Never do, never did like legs or anything. Well, what I see like, 
Yeah. Talking to my mirror like I love you so much. Curving on my critics like I heard you so what? You can't kill my confidence, I think I'm the man. Tally all the f I ever gave on my head. Lately I've been living like I can't take a loss. Shorty too naughty, pool party wet for the face ride. Any up, penny down, hand me down, thrift store, old drip. New money, too funny. Oh, shorty, talk about old. I'm on the like if I go back 30 odd years, no, yeah, 30 years, that's that's what what we would be doing in the gym is what Dorian Yates and people like that did, because that's all we knew. And um, we know now. That, that was pretty much a waste of time unless she was going to be a bodybuilder of course um, yeah. a lot of it a lot of it we were just it, it wasn't structured very well we, you, you were just following uh, magazines and superstars really because um, there were no trainers or anything at that time no personal trainers so um, yeah it was just just flex magazine wasn't it yeah, exactly. Yeah, Flex and uh, Muscle Mag and oh, what's the really big it's, one? Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding was probably a big one. What was well, right? um, who was Arnold Schwarzenegger's mentor? The the top guy, Weeder, was it Joe Joe Weeder? Joe Weeder. So he had a book, didn't he? Well, I think that was called Muscle and Fitness. I'm not sure. That was, an, that was another. I've big got one. I've got probably one his book here. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's the that's the complete bodybuilding guide and things like that. Oh, he's a legend, really. Don't hear about Wader much anymore, but um, like the things that he did in the industry to be to, really for people like Arnold and Franco, well, all of them really, and bringing them. I mean, you like your bodybuilding, don't you, Ethan? You like, yeah, yeah. It's big. It's basically the reason why I'm in the industry. Even though yeah. I'm not like the not like the biggest guy on the planet, but I'm working on it, you know. Well, you know, I, I, that's where I started. I started in bodybuilding, and that was the thing that I was absolutely obsessed with for a while. But um, you know, you, things change over the years. But what, where I started off, and where you are now, or people slightly younger than you, there's a lot more now for people to understand and see. Like there's kettlebell training there's proper strength and conditioning there's uh the power element you know the snatches the cleans a lot of people are into weight lifting as opposed to bodybuilding so do you think that there's a equal spread of people younger people now wanting to go into more uh different sports or do you still think it's predominantly people are thinking bodybuilding uh, I want to do be a body, you know. I want to build my body like a bodybuilder. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from from what I've seen, I, I think there are quite a lot of of young people. You know, they aspire to be natural bodybuilders, right? Um, 
and then and then for example um like the people that are in my opinion like the most popular in that scene in in the uk aren't necessarily natural not that that not that that should take away from the work or effort or regimented lifestyle that they live um it's just that for example if you've got someone who can recover much better than everyone can build muscle a lot better than everyone um but it's still prepping all the food doing all the training like doing everything really really smart yeah, yeah. um i don't i don't think that they should be selling the the dream to someone who might not want to take clenbuterol or or some type of testosterone or insulin or like you know they they, they would just rather eat food they, they basically have the first part of that person's lifestyle without yeah. without the gears what's your what's um, your what's your opinion of steroids what's what's your what's your take on it performance use enhancement them, you use them if you want to use them just don't lie about it that's the only thing you know like uh, the absolute classic is uh mike o'hearn right right yeah you know mike o'hearn used to be on gladiators in the 80s i think um who, or the what, 90s what part did he what who was he what actor I mean, no, 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 not not the film, the TV show. Uh, well, I remember Gladiators. I can't say as I remember Mike O'Hearn, but did he have a stage name like Gladiator or something? Uh, Titan, I think. Okay, yeah, I know. I remember him. Yep, yeah. it was fucking massive. Like, yep. honestly, this guy was massive. So was Shadow. Um, Sh- Shadow was that the black dude? Yeah, he's the black dude with the bald head. Yeah, and, yeah. Hunt- and Hunter as yeah, well. He-, he was the biggest. He absolutely. I remember Shadow. Like whenever, whenever he was uh, going up against someone, especially in, like the hanging stuff, yeah, he, he, he absolutely killed. Just leg press their face into oblivion. Like, right. no problem. I'll show. I'll show you what this guy looks like. Saracen so this, as well. He was another one. I bet him in Solo once. Saracen. Saracen. Yeah, he had. Uh, he was a black guy with dreadlocks. Had a bit of a list. I don't, don't remember him. Yeah, good guy. I probably, I, I probably remember him. He was cool, was he? Yeah, he was. So he this was a really nice guy. Yeah. This this guy claims natural all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit like. So this is him when he was younger. <laughs> yeah. It's like the guy. Like the, the guy on the left looks natural, but like. This guy is like that all year round. Yeah, it's bullshit. And he's like, and he's like in his fifties or something like that. Yeah, he's, man. He's an, he's, he's an old man who's who's bench pressing four plates on each side for like fifteen reps, yeah. and then walking around looking like that, and then saying I'm natural. That's that's when it kind of annoys me. But if you yeah. want to be a if you want to be a successful yeah. competitive bodybuilder, yeah, in my in my opinion, if you want to be like world renowned like known by everyone you, you're gonna have to take gear yeah yeah no no one ever talks about like they appreciate the naturals yeah the people that enter the national federations but they're nowhere near as talked about as uh anyone basically the olympia is like the golden stage for everyone and God, yeah, that's man, like absolutely. if you've if you've if you've made it to the olympia yeah. you're 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 a pretty good pro bodybuilder right hmm. um but they, but, like, then, they... But, but, but then when when I was growing up, I was ignorant enough to say like, yeah, one day I'm gonna look like Arnie. Yes, like, me too. I'll, I'll just I'll just train really hard and I'll eat loads and like do all of this. Not to say that it's it's 
like impossible because someone with like sick genet- genetics and a real determination could do it. But I think like, just like any any Joe mm. off the block, like me with my uh, bloody Irish genetics, I ain't gonna ever look like that. You know what I mean? I'll be I'll be looking like the farmer for the rest of my life. But when I-, <laughs> I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Well, things have changed when your metabolism changes when you get older, believe me. Things change. They really do. I look, for, I look forward to it. <laughs> Not for everyone, but it, it, things change. They do. Every decade or every even every five years, you've got a different level of training and weight loss or nutrition that you have to, you have to do things. You have to change things. You can't maintain. Very rarely. There's always going to be someone who does the same thing all their life, but it's very rare. You have to change things up. Um, and what I was going to say, what was I going to say to you, Ethan? I was going to ask you about. We were talking about the um, the steroid use, weren't we? Um, use and abuse. Do you do you think it's still a big thing for ordinary guys in the UK now uh, or around the world? Do you, do you think a lot of guys are still, you know, um, going to the gym and being there for a year, doing a few bench presses and squats, and then someone, you know, sells them some gear? Do you think it's still a big thing out there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I reckon you just you just have to go to the right places. Mm. I don't think that you're gonna you're gonna find someone trying to shift gear to to members in in like pure gym mm. or something like that. But then if you went um, if you went to like any of the kind of like rusty plated mm. bodybuilding gyms, um, you definitely would find a few. And yeah. whether some of the coaches and things like that, like I've heard rumors that like even some of the the top transformation. Uh, gyms in in the UK um, at least used to offer gear to their clients so like you know mm. you'd see like the most the most popular worldwide transformation company in, in, in the world right mm. and and they'd they'd have these insane 12-week transformations yeah um, but but then I found like I spoke to someone well, a few people that used to work there and then they, they would say like, yeah, like, you know, we just give them a, a dose of this and a dose of that. And, you know, it's, I don't, I don't it's, it goes back to my point before, like use gear if you want to use gear, whatever, like that's fine. That's your choice. Every, everyone should be able to live their life how they choose to. Yeah. Um, just just one, don't let it affect other people. And, and two, don't lie about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, um, you have to go back. So when I started, um, like years after I've been in training, I started looking at old time strongman training. Uh, Eugene Sandow and Arthur Saxon. Uh, and, yeah, all these guys, right? And when you read their books, they are as poignant today as they were back in the early 1900s, even late 1800s. It's surprising what they're writing in for the times. And when you look at their physiques and their strength and what they did, um, like anybody listening to this who doesn't understand about these people, you should go and read it because it was all um, pre-steroid use. It was pre that 1950s, 1960s. But even if you go back to um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, his mentor was Reg Park, um, who made the 5-5 five, five style of training very famous, five sets, five reps. And if you look at Reg Park, I mean, you know, back in the kind of 50s and that, I mean, he had an awesome 
physique. Absolutely amazing. Vince Gironda as well. These are like kings of the um, time that actually taught the younger guys like the Schwarzeneggers and that that come through. But what Steve Steve Reeves as well, right? Absolutely, one hundred. Actually, Steve Reeves. Now let me get. I could be wrong here. Was it Reg Park taught Steve Reeves? who influenced Arnold Schwarzenegger or was it Steve Reeves who influenced Reg Park? And then Arnold I, think, yeah. I think the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember, but um, from when Arnold, now I know an old time bodybuilder used to come and see me. Right. And he's, he was appeared on stage with the likes of Arnold and those guys had him in his phone. And he was genuine, 100%. Look this guy up. I'm not going to say who it was, but he told me uh, some amazing stories. And he was in his 60s, and he was so beat up. He would literally come to my room on a, with a walking stick crying. Literally, this man was crying. And he, back oh. in the day, yeah, he was one of the fittest people you could ever imagine on, on the planet. Absolutely amazing. And did, he, did he do a Ronnie Coleman or something and burst his spine open? Or? Yeah, basically. Basically, he kind of went that kind of way. It was his spine. His spine was absolutely knackered. And, I, and through our conversations that we had, he told me a lot of stuff. And he said to me, man, it wasn't the drugs we were taking. It was just the sheer volume of hard work that we did for so long. So many repetitions busted up our bodies. And because I said to him, was it, was it the steroids? He said, yeah, look, we took them, but it, it wasn't even a touch on what they're taking now. No. And when even you can, in dosages, even in dosages, it's nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. It's still, it was still a lot. Don't get me wrong, but compared to what the guy is doing nowadays, I mean, who's the guy who just won Mr. Olympia last year? He, what big Rami? Rami. Is that the first time he run it? That's the first time he's won it, yeah. Yeah. So I Before, saw. It. Yeah. yeah, you had. Uh, but but that's that's why that's why they've had to introduce things like classic physique back into it, right? Mm. Because because you like Dorian made made way for those absolute monsters to. It, it essentially became like a bit of like a freak show. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it kind of went away from like the kind of golden era, which everyone talks about, where everyone looks like. Greek statues, to like everyone just just looking like their He-Man figure that they had when they were growing up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then, Chris Bumstead. Don't know if you know who that is. So he won the classic physique for the last two years. That guy's physique is like on a whole other level. Like, so th this this guy is like, what, <laughs> he's like two years older than me or something. And this guy is an insane. Is that a, is he is he a natural physique athlete or no 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 it's Olympia Olympia classic physique winner okay. so this is him yeah but you see but you see like that's that that's that is so much smaller than than that big Rami I think there's a video on this guy's uh, thing of him and big Rami meeting each other okay. Let me see if I can find that because it's actually quite good. Okay. Um, Do you like that kind of physique? Well, the classic physique. Well, just just that, that guy standing there. Would you like a physique like that? 
I wouldn't I, I wouldn't want to walk around all year at like two no. percent body fat. No. Um but but neither does he, you know. It's, he gets a little not... bit a little bit fluffier and things like this. But, but the short answer the short answer is yes. Yes, I wouldn't mind wouldn't yeah. mind being being that size, yeah. But I've been a skinny kid my whole life, so it's yeah, like Yeah, yeah. I saw your inst- uh, your first Instagram post. <laughs> I was looking at it yesterday. Do you know what your first Instagram post is? Uh, probably food or something. No, no, no. It's it's you comparing you to you when you was younger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this picture of you as this skinny, gawky, tall kid, and then you has done some. And I'm work wearing, out. I'm wearing like some awful sunglasses, which yeah. didn't help the photo either as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant first post, man. Um, what's your um. What's your take on what's uh, what's going on at the moment for trainers and that and the uh, the gym world because um, of the virus problems we've had? Does that hit you hard? Um, I mean, only in the sense that I, I basically can't work during right. this time. Um, you know, like we, like I done like a few. I, I did like an Instagram live uh, the the other day's work workout leg session, um, which oh, like yeah. you know kept kept me busy for an hour. But then after that, it's a bit like, you know, because my my girlfriend works in a preschool, so she goes to work every morning. She's out the house by ten past eight, and then I kind of roll out of bed at like quarter past eight, um, get up, have breakfast, train, and then basically just try and fill up my day doing something like Talk, talking to people I'm like doing, me. <laughs> yeah talk, talking to you um you know uh i'm doing a pursuit the precision nutrition course oh yeah moment. i did that john berardi steve berardi something like that. yeah john john yeah john yeah. berardi yeah yeah it's yeah. good that i really enjoyed that course yeah it's really simple as well like they just mm. lay it out like really kind of easy to follow and this yeah. structured curri- curriculum and things they they have quite a lot of intake questionnaire, don't they? Yeah, like tons of it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm adjusting things around as I'm talking to you. That's all right. <laughs> you got got to get yourself comfortable as well. I'm just sitting on the floor. That's all right, man. Doesn't matter. I've got, I've, I've got you on the stool. Any port in a storm, isn't it? Really? We're not we're not Joe Rogan at the moment, are we? We're just yeah, we ain't got all the fancy gear, but um not yet. Do you think that <laughs> when I mean do you think of all those clients out there that are not getting PT trained? Do you do any work online? Are you do like any online training and stuff for clients or um I mean like for the people that work at the gym that I work at, uh like last lockdown I sent them some bodyweight exercises and things to do at home. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. other than that, like it goes against the contract which I'm in. So uh, how, you, how do you survive? Basically, how do you survive? Like honestly, you got well, no money coming in. No, no, because we're we're employed, so we're on the furlough. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, so, course. so like, so obviously, you're getting like eighty percent of your wage, but still, like, if I was self-employed, I'd I'd be in in the gutter, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd definitely be a lot harder. So, kind kind of makes me thank thankful that. That um that I am employed, mm. um, but yeah, to answer your question, now I can't I can't do any online stuff. But hopefully uh, yeah. soon, at the gym that I work at, 
maybe it might happen. Who knows? <laughs> well, we'll see. How did you, um, so yeah, change the subject. Um, how did you get into personal training originally then, Ethan? What was it that kind of drew, drew you into this, this world of training? Cause a lot of people use, you know, they think it's a hobby, so they want to do it as a job and then they quickly realize it's not quite what they thought it was going to be, but you've been doing it a little while now. Um, so well, how did you get into it? Um, so I pretty much started off doing art and design. Um, what we spoke about earlier, the uh, BTEC in art and design. Yeah. And I did, and, and I did that. And then I was going to do um, basically before you go to like an art uni, you do a foundation year before you go off to, um, to uni. And I basically, like, I went like on tour, like went to all the unis, looked at all the animation uh, degrees and suites and different, um, you know, things that they had at each uni. Um, but I basically would get in trouble quite a lot in art for like, if they wanted an abstract photo of like a skull and the apple, I would draw like the skull with like a massive serpent tongue coming out. And then like the apple looking like really scared at the end, at the end of its tongue and things like that. So yeah. like they, they didn't really like that. Like, that yeah. kind of creative that yeah i know right the, that creativeness and and kind of randomness and it was obviously it wasn't what they were asking for but it was my own style so but i, I basically just kept getting told that things were wrong and i really enjoyed drawing uh drawing like comic book characters and things like that um you know since i was a young boy i'd, I'd read marvel and dc and spawn yeah. and mm. all, all, of, all of these other comics yeah so by so by the time that i got to art I wanted to draw like that and obviously in in those drawings you have you have everyone who's basically in, the, in their peak shape right superheroes are always in in shape um yeah. and where that where that kind of the superhero kind of thing obviously transferred into like films and tv and things like that as well and then the only people back then that would ever play superheroes were bodybuilders so you don't you'd have lou ferrigno as the hulk yeah. Um, yeah, you'd have Arnie as Conan, which is like just another version of a superhero, basically. Mm. Um, and like even even back in the day, like Christopher Reeves as Superman and things like that. Like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you look at him, you look at him now, and he looks like your dad going surfing or something. But it's like <laughs> back back then, he was in pretty good nick. Like, um, poor guy. And he's dead and, now. And, yeah, he? he's dead now. Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. He had that terrible Oof. accident, didn't he, where he became quadriplegic? Yeah. Yeah, he could only move his head, I think. We had Steve Austin. We had Steve Austin as well when we were younger. He was the six million dollar man. You ever seen that? What the wrestler? No. Steve Austin, he'd crack it he'd crack the two beers yeah. together and be like No, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right? That's the bottom line. Because <laughs> I said so, something like that, yeah. Yeah, he used to stand on the corner of the ring and go like that, didn't he? He used to yeah. do his beers, his bud boys, or crack, crack them, crack them together and chuck them down. Man, there's I a great, um, there's a great, a great prank. There's a great prank online called uh, Stone Cold ET, and basically right. this uh, this guy dresses up as ET and goes through a drive-through and orders and orders the food in the voice of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Did he get it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he rinsed it. <laughs> um but all, all, all of that all of that transferred into bodybuilding and then from bodybuilding um i basically quit art because i was yeah. like well if if um 
you know, if the teachers are basically going to continuously tell me that I'm wrong, um, then I'm going to quit and do something that I love, which at the time I was going to the gym loads um, to try and become this like bodybuilder or to build myself up, you could say. And, um, and then, yeah. And then just basically it, it, it kind of developed from there when I was, when I was 15 and I, and I dropped out of, uh, dropped out of college I basically had like a year where I was floating around. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was just going to the gym loads, reading loads of comics, um, learning more about training because I was getting into it myself and buying Flex magazine and things like this. Yeah. Um, and then and then shortly after that, someone, someone who used to go to my school uh, told me that they were going to go on an apprenticeship scheme where they do uh, level two, over a period of like, I think it's five months. And then you have to work in a gym for six months. And then after that, the the kind of total of nine months has passed, you get your, your level two. And then, and then you have to work in a gym for a year while studying with someone who comes to the gym every week um, for another six months in order to get your level three. Um, and, it, and it was all government funded. So when, when my friend kind of put that forward to me, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So that's what that's what I did. So I basically had to work in the industry for like, you know, near enough a year and a half to get the the qualifications while I was studying to do all of that. Well, that's a good myself. idea. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, but they should do it like that rather than these like weekend courses that people go on now. Yeah, I mean, someone um, just does a six-week course or eight-week course or whatever and doesn't get that actual... I mean, I've always been a big believer that if someone does a personal training course, you should go and work and shadow somebody in a gym for a year. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and then there, there was a lot of a lot of like knowledgeable people there as well. But it, this was the place where, you know, people were paying like £100 a month to go there. So it was, it was kind of like a bit of like a luck struck... That, yeah. that I managed to land a job there because we we were sent out by ourselves after the learning to go and get a job in the gym, and ev literally everywhere my local leisure centre, which is the council run, yeah. uh, said no. Uh, Virgin said no. Um, what was no one thing? LA Fitness said no as well. Like all of this, so they basically just didn't want any newbies. And my my dad at the time uh, was doing like knee rehabilitation with someone in this gym. And basically spoke to the manager and said, look, do you reckon my son could come and work for you? That's so cute, you do man. like, you do like 300, yeah, like what 300 was hours. Yeah. Three, 300 hours a month. And you month. get a hundred. No, wait, what was it? No, that's it. It was 120 hours a month. Yeah. Um, for 300 pound. Okay. That's because great. obviously you're learning while you're doing it. Yeah. That's pretty good. You're getting paid to learn. Yeah, and, and but obviously, you still have to like scrub down sweaty gym kit and like do the kind of nasty bits, you know, go up and down the stairs with toilet roll and things like this. Like, but clean the treadmills. Yeah, exactly. It's all part of the learning curve, man. I've done all that. Yeah, I've done all that. Plenty um, of time. Just, just, just to give you a heads up as well. Um, I've only got fifteen minutes left. That's all right. We're going to finish in five minutes anyway because I am busting for the loo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Right. A couple um, of quick questions then, Ethan. Fire them at me, man. Do you have a personal trainer? I don't have a personal trainer, but I have a coach. 
you have a coach that brilliant fantastic yeah funny what enough you- funny enough one of the guys who i worked with in that gym so i worked there for a total of five years yeah after my qualifications but literally yeah. since day one he would he was there so I think that's always a, a good attribute if somebody has a, yeah, personal trainer was probably the wrong word, but a coach. Once you get to a certain level, you don't need a personal trainer anymore. You need someone just to keep you guided in the right direction, which is more yeah, like a coach. Account, accountable, accountable, yeah. It does. Keeping yourself accountable is actually, yeah, it's very good. I mean, I've gone years without a trainer, actually. Yeah, and and I've got one again now, and he's making me accountable for all the stuff that I haven't done for the last five years or so. It's surprising how out of shape you get, man, I tell you. Um, What do you you rate as uh, um, a good attribute or a couple of good attributes for a new personal trainer to have? to keep to get clients to keep clients what do you what do you uh advise somebody to concentrate on um in regards to them being able to sustain a life as a personal trainer uh i i mean i'd say apart from kind of like the obvious things of you know continuously trying to improve your your knowledge yeah um i'd also say being being truthful and empathetic Okay. Um, a two, a two, quite a lot because what well, what they don't kind of teach you in your personal training courses is that you'll you'll be like not not every single client, but you'll be a, a few of of your clients like therapist essentially, or not not even like therapist, but you'd be you'll be the person that they unload onto, or that they tell you about their their issues or. The, or their positives or whatever going in, on in your life and you have to be able to kind of be understanding of that if it's getting in the way of their fitness goals especially mm-hmm. um, but then also truthful about about your opinion towards that how, how important do you think it is for a trainer in an environment with lots of other trainers be somebody that can um, build rapport with his work colleagues Sorry, say that again. So um, you get a job at a gym, you're a personal trainer, and you either go out alone and keep yourself shut off with your clients, or you mix in with all the other guys there and, you know, open up your personality a little bit. Do you think it's better just to get your head down and carry on working, or do you think it's better to engage with other trainers? Uh, it's, def- it's definitely better to engage with other, other trainers. You want to... You, you want to build a team if you if even if you're working in in like a place where you're all self-employed you're all working in the same place so you've all got to like respect each other and you know realize that that i mean that's that's kind of like one thing which which the industry is like pretty guilty of is that quite a lot of people think that basically every other coach is out to steal all their clients yeah and for example they won't ever do like collaborations or um you know even talk or like you know there's some like you know me in the gym i like to pretty much talk to everyone like if someone's working hard i'll be like go on you like keep killing it kind of thing yeah um but but then like some other coaches might like i've 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 witnessed it before like they they kind of a bit like okay stop talking to my client now kind of kind of thing yeah um because uh, like i don't know if they feel they feel threatened or like anything like that but 
it's never it's never gonna like for me anyway it's never gonna be like that like the, the oh, reason yeah, I'm, I'm taking your clients yeah the reason i asked you that question is um i've worked in the same gym as you and you're a very likable uh, you've got a you've got a good persona and you get to know everybody where uh, and I'm, I'm i'm looking at this as from the therapist's point of view not as one of the trainers so i see it from a slightly different perspective and i quite often find that a lot of the guys that are friendly and open and talk and open up their personalities they tend to be more of a go-to person. They tend to be more someone who's going to be there working longer. They they just bring a different vibe as opposed to people who just keep quiet and don't say anything. They when they, when people are like that, they just shut themselves off, and you just seem to find. I mean, not everybody's got the personality right to be able to express themselves and come out of the shell. But I think in this type of environment, if you're working in a gym with lots of other trainers and lots of people, it's really important to open up your personality it really really is i've seen so many young people coming through and man i've not even spoken to some of them and uh you just think wow guys you know you need to lighten up a little bit yeah like when when, when i first joined um you know where, where we both worked together um like the there, there were there were like two it was like one one coach and someone that that you also worked with who were a little bit like I don't know if it was because of how everything was laid out before I came around hmm. but it's like you'd say like good morning and you wouldn't even get a response yeah like 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 literally you'd be like the only two people in, in a hallway and like they and like if you imagine this is them oh morning mate and they'd be like <laughs> they, just, they, they just keep keep going past but I never all, understand all, it. I never all of get that, why people do all that. of that kind of changed. All of that changed. Like, you know, um, yeah. you got the, that, that, the, the, those people kind of started to open it up their shows a little bit, kind of like ask yeah. you, uh, how, how are you? And it, you're kind of like a little bit taken back by it at first, but then you realize, okay, they're putting in an effort to try and be a bit more, uh, friendly essentially. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, there's definitely, um, yeah, again, for people who are, you know, going to be going into a gym environment soon or starting to work on it because what's happening now, I feel is that a lot of trainers are now becoming, um, they're working on their own they're, mm -hmm. they're, and, and a lot of them I've done it for years. I'm, I'm perfectly used to working that way and I, I can do it really well. But a lot of the younger guys are more used to working in a team environment. They're passing uh, information between each other and like, for fuck's sake, you're young and you want to have a bit of fun. Right. Um, yeah. And that, and now you, you go it alone. You're doing zoom calls, uh, training clients on, you know, like this and, it can be a very, very, very lonely place. So if you get back in the gym, freaking make friends with everybody, literally. Um, yeah. But it's, 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 it goes back to that team environment, though, doesn't it? Because you it can't, yeah. you, you, you can't really, in my, my opinion, have a, have a successful coaching team if none of them talk to each other, because they're not, they're not bouncing off of each other. There's no vibes. There's no there's no uh, educating each other. There's no stimulating thoughts about exercise and anatomy and like, you know, oh, yeah. why, how, co how come you're doing an arc row instead of a normal bent over row? Why have you done that? How, why are you rowing to the hip instead of the, the uh, shoulder, you know, like thing, things like that. 
Well, the one good thing that we've done today is not talk a lot about actual technical training. We haven't got time to talk about technical training now, but it was a, a good chance to just find out who you are, you know, what you do and your take on zombies and, you know, bodybuilding and stuff, <laughs> which is really I found, cool. Um, I found that video as well of uh, oh, okay. C-Bum. So look, <laughs> I love this video. So look, so basically he's getting, he's getting tanned by this lady and uh, Big Rami's looking at him and he's just like, fuck, that guy is massive. So look, there, there's Chris Bumpstead and look, there's Rami. And look, he's like, oh. <laughs> My God. His face is like, oh shit, that guy's massive. Wow. But that, that shows you the difference, right? Because that Rami guy is huge. And then when you look at Chris, who in the other picture looked huge as well. He did, yeah, makes him he look, did. Makes, it makes him look tiny. Next small. To him, it's crazy, yeah. it? It's crazy. I just nice. hope that these people, you know... I, I do look. I know bodybuilders, and in my opinion, uh, the majority that I know have had a lot of issues about the way they, you know, psychological psychological problems about the way that they used to look. You know, they've, they've been bullied, and they get into this kind of then persona of wanting to make themselves something more than they are, and they. You know, I guess it's like the skinny fat person as well. You see something different in the mirror and you're never happy until you, you know, someone wants to lose all the weight uh, or they want to put on weight and it just goes too far. Um, in my opinion, there's a lot um, going on up here. And I just want these people to try and keep safe as well because you've got a life to live after bodybuilding and stuff, you know. Well, that's the that's, thing. What I'm I'm definitely guilty of doing this as well is that they you, most people don't give themselves enough time to do this stuff mm. so like i said to myself when i was growing up yeah when i'm when i'm 30 i'm gonna be 100 kilos and 10 percent body fat and it's like obviously when you learn about like science <laughs> it's not, yeah it's not gonna happen unless i'm literally on the gear and i've been bodybuilding every single day regimented since i, I was 12 you know what i mean and even then and even then it might not happen well, you know, I'm in my 50s and I'm still learning every single day. I'm still humbled by the amount of stuff I learn from people that have just come into it, into the business or, or, or just online. You know, you just learn stuff. There's so much to learn about the body, uh, let alone the brain. It's you can never learn it in 10 lifetimes. You probably can't learn it. So yeah. there is no and rush. Any, and anyone who thinks that they can't learn anymore. They, they they will be standard corrected all the time. And this is why I go all the way back to that start of our conversation where people who have done a degree make it into the mindset that they are something more than someone that hasn't do it, done a degree, even though that other person may have a lifetime worth of training, reading, knowledge. Man, you should be very humble about everyone you meet until you can understand what they can actually talk about. Um I was actually the the only person on on the the biosignature uh, hormone course um, who who didn't have a degree yeah, and who really. also wasn't like Swedish. About fifty of them were all Swedish. Wow, they have and good education came... in Sweden as well. Like a lot of those Scandinavian countries, they have some really good. Anyway, look, we're gonna call to an end for now little discussion maybe we'll do it again sometime buddy like it's really really good to see you i think a lot of you man i think you're a really great guy you're doing great stuff in the uh, training world keep on doing it do you think you'd Thanks, be doing man. it you do you think you'd be doing it for the rest of your life 
Oh yeah, for sure. Even even if you know my life goes tits up and I have to do a job that I don't necessarily want to do, I'll still be doing all of this on the side. Exactly. You're in it for a lifetime. You can tell the people that are going to be in it for a lifetime. You just can. But um, that's it, buddy. Thanks for joining me. I'll I'll let you go now. Um, I hope the lockdown and that doesn't affect you anymore too much and you get back out and start training and we'll meet up for a beer sometime maybe. Yeah, please, man. I I don't drink. I physically can't drink, but I'll come with you for a beer. I, to be honest, I don't really drink too much now. I've got a little. <laughs> no, I don't. I've got a little bit of um, insulin sensitivity going on, and uh, like drinking just wrecks me. So um, I'm off of okay. it. Okay. Well, maybe we'll we'll go for some uh, some steak or something instead, then. Eh? That sounds perfect. Just okay. take it is. Give me one of them, brother. All right. Take care, man. Look after nice, yourself. Man, Yeah, man. You too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Ethan, for coming on to the show. It was really great talking to you. Stay safe. And uh, guys, if you saw some value in the show, please like, share, subscribe, you know, leave us a message down below. Please support the show. My name's Neil Meekins. I call this the Momentum Podcast. It's all about keeping things moving forward with strength. Okay, guys, and that's something we all need right now. Stay strong, be tireless, look after each other, but most of all, take care of yourself. Take care, guys. Till next time. Bye-bye.